Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I roll with life my way. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we roll with life our way, just as we know all of you roll with life your way. And that is what we are celebrating today. And in fact, challenging as well and supporting. We really want to support this very, very basic, very cliched concept of uniqueness. But today we want to go one step deeper. We want to look at how reality and our lives and our communities and our domestic setups are all arranged in ways which challenge our sense of uniqueness. In other words, we're constantly being bombarded with pressure of have you met this goalpost, for example, by this age? Why are you reacting or behaving in this way in life? That is the quote-unquote wrong emotion. Um, And so we want to help to give you guys permission today because as you guys get more and more spiritual, you are at times going to feel more and more wacky and you are not going to fit in with a lot of mainstream thought and behavior and process. Maybe you never have. Maybe you felt like this since a child, but you've always modified it and held it in. Well, as you get more and more into your personal power, you can't hold it in. You just have to be who you are. So Jane and I want to blow up and deconstruct today some of the ideas that hold us. And some of them are so subconscious and they're so sort of almost on default. You won't even realize them till we say them. And then you'll give a little cynical laugh or a little sly nod and say, ah, yes, actually, that is something my mother always said. Or, ah, yes, my friends do often talk on that theme. Or, ah, yes, maybe I do occasionally box myself in in that way. And I hadn't even consciously realized it till now. So it's time to have a little conscious thought process around the different various so-called stereotypical benchmarks of life. So this came about where I was having a conversation with my beautiful husband about the different stages of life and the should-haves. And we were laughing about, you know, what ones we ticked off and we'd achieved that and what ones we hadn't, etc. And really, does it matter? And that coincided with a beautiful blog by Elizabeth Gilbert, who is the gorgeous author of the book Eat, Pray, Love, which then became the big Hollywood movie that had uh, Julia Roberts in it, which I loved. And I so plan on doing those three countries in the Eat, Pray, Love way. And Elizabeth Gilbert wrote a beautiful blog around what emotion are you feeling and is it the wrong emotion? So Beck and I, of course, got talking on this. And I realized that perhaps a lot of people are feeling a race towards something that they don't need to be racing towards. And it's a default setting because that's how it's always been. And so an example, I think, if we start with age is... In the teenage years, you've got to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Or if you're lucky and you're in an environment where you can be completely authentic and you feel that this is the way you are, have a same gender partner. But you have to have somebody that's interested in you. And it's like if you don't have that boyfriend or girlfriend that's interested in you, you kind of are underdeveloped and not achieved what you should at your age range. What do you reckon about that, Beck? I'm actually thinking about the 20s, and I've just realized I'm guilty of this trapping. Because I was in a serious relationship from 20 years old for 13 years, 
I will often say things like, oh, I totally missed my 20s. I didn't get a 20s. You have said that to me quite a bit. Yeah. And so I remember when you became single again, I said, go and go live your 20s. So, yeah. And just quietly, she did. <laughs> Thanks, Jane. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that you would have fun that you'd go and, you know, she'd come back because Beck's like a one-pint screamer. If she has one glass of champagne, she's giggling all over the place. And she'd come back and say, I stayed out till 3 o'clock in the morning and it was so much fun and I talked to so many people. It was so innocent and beautiful and early 20s. Like. But this let's let's examine what the expectation is for someone in their twenties. Well, instead of modern, you know, upcoming Western society, it's this idea that you go out in the world, you find out who you are as an adult, you you earn your own money, you figure out your identity, you have some relationships, you party hard, you hold down a flat, you might have housemates. That's what we view as doing your twenties is. But plenty of people don't do that in their 20s. A lot of people are in childhood sweetheart relationships through their 20s or they suffer illnesses or depression or fears and stay housebound through their 20s. Like people have all different, maybe they spent their whole 20s traveling and feeling really ungrounded, like they could never anchor down into a community or a space. So, I mean, once again, what is normal? It's fascinating at social age, you know, where I, I of course, have all the feedback from single people meeting each other. And most of our members, well, all our members are ranged from 30 up to uh, mid-late 70s. But it's interesting how I will get an email from someone saying, oh, you know, I thought so-and-so was really nice, but I'm not interested in exchanging numbers and catching up again because, you know, how could he get to that age and, and not ever have owned his own home? And I think, really? Did you ask the question why? He might have a fascinating story and you could learn something. Or it could be that, well, what's wrong with somebody who's got to, you know, 40 years old and never had a really long-term relationship? Well, did you ask why? Might be a good reason. Or maybe there is no reason. Let's not worry about it. Let's go with it. We're so defined by mm. these so-called goalposts, aren't we, which frustrate me so much. And then what, the 30s? Well, I was single in my early 30s and shame on you, Jane. When are you going to get married? What's wrong with you? What are you doing wrong? Are you too fussy? How come you haven't met anybody? Are you too hard to be with? Negative, negative, negative. I had a lot of learning that I did and I continue to do. However, I don't know, I didn't meet the right one. You know, Jennifer Aniston recently lashed out. It's a really fascinating open letter she wrote, which you can Google it and find it. Now, most of it's about the body shaming engine that she's been a part of in terms of the media always looking at her body and then using it to affect young girls' bodies, etc. But there are some lines in there that are really interesting that tie into this, which is she says the the predominant focus that's always been on me has been, is Jennifer Aniston pregnant or is Jennifer Aniston not pregnant? And she, she, I mean, I haven't got it in front of me because I'd love to be able to actually quote what she said because she said it very powerfully. But to paraphrase, she's basically saying, you know, who cares about what women's personal choices are to do with their bodies? But second of all, I am not any less of a woman because I never went down the pregnancy path and I chose a career instead or for whatever reason it didn't happen for me. Stop judging me or holding me up in a assuming my happiness is dependent upon whether I was a baby machine or not. Maybe for me, it's got nothing to do with it. Why are you guys also hung up on it? It's like everybody that gets married and is happily married believes that everybody else should be happily married. Not everybody wants to get married, nor should anybody, everybody get married if they don't want to get married. It doesn't matter. Happy doesn't mean married any more than single means unhappy. Or being a mother doesn't mean happy any more than not being a mother means that you're happy or not happy, whatever. Houses, buying a house, having a mortgage, all of that. It's all that stuff too, isn't it? And it's jobs. It's every area of our lives. It is. Can I just say, I'm sorry to stop you there, but I really wanted, when you talked about Jennifer Aniston and body shaming, I really wanted to just reference an amazing movie that's produced by an Adelaide woman called Embrace. 
And can you remember her name? Taryn Brumfit. Brumfit. Now, I've actually never met her, but I noticed on Facebook we've got squillions of mutual friends. So I think she's a pretty cool chick because I like a lot of her friends. But she's produced an amazing documentary about her story and her insight into body acceptance. And I believe... I'm not sure exactly what date this recording we're doing at the moment goes up, but the Look, movie premieres around the same. Well, I just yeah, saw there was a premiere now. in Adelaide. It might be a fundraiser. No, one. it's playing right now. Okay, great. Yeah. And so I highly recommend um, anybody that has any issues at all around body or has any influence on anybody to do with the physical body, please go and see it. I had a friend actually that, that's right, I did know it's out. She went and took her her nine-year-old daughter, who she was very concerned that her nine-year-old daughter was starting to care too much about the physical. And she took her along and her mother, the daughter said to the mother, Haley and Taylor, Taylor, hi there. Taylor said to her mum something along the lines of, oh, wow, mum, I've just realised I've been that girl. I've been doing stuff like that to other people. Now, nine years old to get that and want to do it in a different way is amazing. It is. So I highly encourage you to have a look at that movie. So sorry for the deviation. Well, it's Back not, to how it's, it's in every area. It's not such a deviation because the film explodes a lot of the, again, the pressure and the, the, the myths and the expectations we put on women physically, which is no different from you must do this with your house or property or mortgage. You must do this with your big white wedding and your marriage. You must do this with your career and your salary by this point and take this much maternity leave or not take this much or you're a failure. You must look like this with your body. Get your body back after baby. Have a bikini body. It's just the same stuff, isn't it? Absolutely. And the list goes on right through to, as Jane would say, 65, you know, or retirement. Yes, like, well, when you're, haven't you got your mortgage paid off at 50 or whatever? No, I lived a life. Um, but that's my choice. Yeah. And I, I respect others who want to have greater financial security, might not have experienced what I've had, and they've chosen to spend their money on paying off a mortgage. Good. Great. Fantastic. Get what you want. But don't judge me because I've chosen to go a different way. Or is it, you know, why are you at, at 65 still working? You know, my dad, I remember him saying years ago, I'll always work. I hope it's not, he doesn't want to work full time and he doesn't. So my dad is um, late 70s and he's still working two mornings or three mornings a week. And I truly believe that if he stopped that, I think he'd probably drop dead. And you often hear that of people that, you know, they suddenly, look, you know, get the gold watch, leave the corporate thing, go out on the squash court on the Monday and have a heart attack and die. It's his purpose. It's, that's it. So we've got to, you know, let these lines go and stop the judging. I actually truly believe I will always be involved in some form of work to the day I die. And I believe that'll be, you know, in their 90s. And uh, that's who I am and how I roll. And so it's really interesting all of the pressure we put on these physical external kind of landmarks or goalposts or yardsticks in society. But this cool article that Jane referenced at the start of today that Elizabeth Gilbert has put out just at the same time as this podcast is looking at the emotional landmarks that people are supposed to meet or not meet. And this is where... It was a very cool article, wasn't it? Interesting. Yes. So I've got... It's actually quite a long one. I think if you're... 
if you're with her, is it her page or her personal Facebook friend? It's her Facebook page. Yeah. So where she, she, she writes her blogs. She writes some really cool stuff. I really encourage you to um, follow her if so you like her. She's written it on there if you want to go on and scroll back and find it. It's, it's quite lengthy, but I'm going to just read a couple of excerpts where she sums it up brilliantly. It's a very, basically, it's a very long article challenging people to not worry so much about what every emotion they present within the moment is perfectly valid. You don't need to explain it away, feel embarrassed about it, feel like it's the wrong emotion. What is a wrong emotion? Now, she gives some examples of when people tell you that you have a wrong emotion, um, which, of course, I just lost, even though I had them here right now. Here they are. So I'll, I'll read them out. I have a friend who finally said, I hate Christmas and I've always hated Christmas. I'm not doing it anymore. What? Wrong emotion. <laughs> I, I have a friend who doesn't feel any regret or sadness or ambivalence about that abortion she had 30 years ago. What? Wrong emotion. I have a friend who stopped reading the news or being involved in activism and politics because he finally said, honestly, I don't care anymore. I just don't. What? Wrong emotion. <laughs> I have a friend who stopped being a deacon in her church because she finally had to admit that she couldn't swallow her church's teachings anymore. <gasps> Wrong emotion. Like, you know, this is controversy, shock, horror. You know, she, she, there's another one that she tells about when somebody's father died and she felt so ecstatic and elated. Why? Because he'd been suffering for so long. You can be happy at a funeral. It's not a wrong emotion. That's right. I love this. I think it's so exciting. Powerful. There'd be so many times that we would feel this. So, oof, how do we move through this? Now, in a perfect world, we would all just say to people, mm, don't judge me. But that's not a loving heart connected way to deal with Differing opinions or negative judgments or feeling maybe attacked or belittled or whatever it is that you feel when somebody doesn't agree with what stage you're at in life. So if this is coming from somebody that you care about, then you want to be able to connect and explain so that they can get it without making their decision wrong that two rights can be a win. Mm. So you, you kind of therefore have to come up with a good cocktail party line. Mm -hmm. So you've got to think, all right, what is it I'm going to say? Now, you know, I've referenced before in the past, I have a friend who chooses not to drink alcohol. And he, when somebody says, oh, why are you an alcoholic? Or they, they question it. He has the standard cocktail party line of, that's actually a really big question that I've got a really big answer for. And I'm not sure you really want that now. However, if you are interested, we can certainly go down that path. If anyone thinks we're murdering children, we're just near a park, by the way. Oh, yes. There's a beautiful lot of... vibration, actually. It's the most gorgeous, beautiful gum trees everywhere. Sorry, it's just, absolutely lovely. There's a lot of screaming children, so don't get the wrong idea. Um, <laughs> no, Jane, I, what Jane's just said is really important because you're going to go through life. If you're going to be spiritual, you're going to be wacky and you're going to be different. And if you're going to have expansive beliefs and self-responsibility, you're going to challenge the norm. So get used to it. Life is going to be, people are going to question you more and more and more. And it, it's partly about developing a thicker skin, but it's more so about just owning your truth because when you own what feels right for you you'll never feel the need to justify or explain or take a different path just because you know that's the difference between somebody who's really who really does start to love themselves because they'll honor themselves and put themselves first rather than putting their mother-in-law first or what the lady down the shop thinks first or what all the mums at the school gate think first you know you can't live your life that way how draining elizabeth um gilbert goes on in her article to say she says, I want you to learn how to feel what you are feeling, not what you think you are supposed to feel, but what you actually feel. 
She says, I want you to remove the wrong emotion button from your internal keyboard forever. Oh, I love it. And the funny, she writes very cool, doesn't she? Does. She does. And this paragraph, I've got to quote it. I want you to throw away the idea that there is an emotional industry standard. That's powerful. I like that. And that you must not deviate from it. My friend Rob Bell told me that he used to ask his therapist all the time, is is it normal that I feel this way? And the therapist would always reply, oh, Rob, we passed normal a long time ago. <laughs> I always love that. You know, what is normal? It's a setting on the dryer, darling. <laughs> favorite people right now he's just he just always says you know normal people are boring who wants to be normal well it's it when I was 16 my girlfriend and I said we didn't want to be normal but what I realized was that that's that's not true everything is normal or nothing is normal doesn't matter which way you take it yeah that it's either extreme however what I was saying was I didn't want to be average but there is, that's not true too because there are some things in life I'm incredibly grateful that I'm average for. Yeah. So it's all just measuring and labels and... Do you know, is um, there such a word as average though, Jane? Or is it just either disinterest... Well, average is simply a mathematical thing. Average is like either disinterest or you just like you don't really care enough. So you don't, you don't really apply yourself at it. Or, or average is the majority. Yeah, well, it's just kind of that floating along on cruise control isn't it and not really daring to just be whatever is perhaps or yeah well as you say it's like it's kind of like I'm ambivalent I mean I could say I'm heaps average at maths and I am but that kind of makes me quirky and eccentric too she's actually quite hilarious with maths Jane's just used the word hilarious so my averageness is actually funny I think it's funny Jane finds it funny (laughs) so how is that even a flaw or a failing when apparently I'm making somebody laugh because I'm average at maths I'm owning this I so want to buy land off of Beck I want her to be a bank manager and lend me money because (laughs) maths is very creative and interesting No, no, Jane, no, you have 2000 and I'll just have two cents. No, that she went. wanted to pay me a heap of money that I owed. I owed Beck money and Beck, Beck was insisting that she owed me money and her maths, the way that she was justifying it was quite amusing. However, um, average, I don't know, what am I trying to think of? What's average? Okay, what do I not passionately give a, a care about one way or the other? Um, average, I'm quite happy to be average. I, I drive an average car. Yeah, so do I. So I just average. Don't care. <laughs> I don't care at all. Having said that, I love my car. It's highly functional. And actually, I'm about to contradict that because I actually do have a second car, but it's sat in the shed for what, 15 years because I used to care about cars. I didn't even know this. I've got a red Alpha Spider convertible. What? 1980. It's one of the prettiest cars in the world. Why are we? Oh it's my, red. We should we need to take a photo of us sitting in this red convertible and put it up on the Love Line page. <laughs> I drove it a couple of years ago. Okay, look, you know, maybe we could do a Thelma and Louise and drive up to the Gold Coast in it, hey? How's that? Oh, my God. Um, So (laughs) instead of flying. um, Okay, so a car, let me use the car as the example. So I did care, and I had the sports car by the time I was, how old? 35 years old, I had a gorgeous sports car. Um, And that suited what I cared about as an image then. Now I don't. I've got a very functional car, and I just don't care. It's average. And that's fine. I don't have any energetic care factor about it. So average is perfect for me in that scenario. Because the day you stop worrying about trying to impress other people is the day you buy your own freedom once and for all, forever. And it's such an amazing feeling. Well, what I find interesting about this topic is I feel so many of our Love Life listeners are not in that trap. They don't don't worry about that. However, though, 
I think there's areas that we don't even realise, such as what we're talking about today, that we are doing the people-pleasing or the expected um, stereotype without stopping to think about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just if even just for one day or a week, you really analyze your life and listen to the what, how the people around you speak, and listen to the limiting beliefs and restricting sentences which can pass through sent like conversations so lightly you don't even notice that it, they just hemmed you in, but it just happened. Now, and of course, at every juncture there, you have a choice to to accept that or to discard that. And often we just keep sweeping it up like we're brushing up little scraps on the kitchen floor into a little dustpan and broom. We just keep accepting and accepting and gathering and gathering and rolling it all up into a big snowball until one day we wake up and we're a product of society. Please don't yeah. be a product of society. Yeah. But it, it's interesting. I would be at some part. Some parts of it I would be because I've either not shown, I've not put the light onto it. I've not given it the thought. Yeah. And so... Some parts of it, I am a product of society. And then if the light goes on, it's like, oh, well, actually, I don't care about that. All right, I'm going to rephrase. Please don't be an unconscious product of society. Yeah. Well, this is, a, I feel, you know, consciousness is about coming in and out of it. And, oh, these little boys running around have got ninja costumes on. They're very cute. We've now got ninja turtles joining the podcast. We do. Well, that's because Nalia's not here, the dog. Um, so if I, there's an area in my life that I've yet to become conscious about. And then I can look at it and think, does that matter to me and explore it? And if I don't, then I can actually go back to being unconscious about it. Yeah. Because we can't be conscious all the time. We're reactionary in life. We don't, it would be exhaustive to be conscious all the time. Mm. And so it's all just patterns and behaviours that we choose which ones are no longer serving us and then become conscious about those to consciously change the patterning of it. I think that the Buddhist monks and the yogis and the ascended masters did master being conscious all the time. Was that boring? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? My mind would be thinking, well, it's almost like political correctness, isn't it? Well, it would be exhaustive if you try to be politically correct all the no, time. Apparently or... it just, it, you, they present in a state of kind of eyes like a child, sparkly, curious, wide open, embracing, accepting, flowing. They're just in this, this constant energy of showing up and enjoying the space that they're sitting in. And they just don't judge, they just allow. That's sort of That's the, cool. That's, that's very consciousness. cool. Don't think I'll ever get there, but it's very cool. <laughs> I have got to read this email because this as with everything in life and the synchronicity and alignment, you know, here we here Jane sends me this topic idea and then we see the Elizabeth Gilbert post and then we get this email and they all line up. This is from a Love Life listener and she sent this saying, I have always walked to the beat of a different drum, but I'm growing into embracing it instead of hating it. She goes, anyway, here goes. And she. My goodness, those children. Don't worry, they probably can't hear it. I hope not. These kids screaming blue murder out there. Okay, she says, I am not on Facebook. I find it too overwhelming. Not my thing. I don't watch the news. Too upsetting. If it's important, someone will tell me. I do not have a five year plan. I do not want to build my little freelance business into an empire. I'm fine without a six figure salary. I was astonished at my friend's responses when I said I was letting my grey hair grow out. I'm 57 and I'm arrogant or silly enough to think I will look hot anyway. <laughs> I'm, um, she talks about being an empath. She says, um, in the last few months, I've been unsubscribing myself from all the should emails. And if they ask why, I tell them I'm simplifying my life and my inbox. And I'm realising that all the well-meaning business coaches need to be taken with a big grain of Himalayan mountain rock salt because they are men-driven and want all those things that I've listed above that I do not. And I could go on, but that is enough. She says, I'd love to hear a podcast 
giving examples about how your listeners are treading their own path, making their own rules. Well, we've kind of just done it, and I think I love her email it's because beautiful, it's isn't it? fascinating. There is another e- another podcast we did that can go back hand in hand with this one, and that was the one that we wrote about the shoulds. It's when I had a bit of a dummy spit about I'm tired of should floss my teeth, should get up at this time, should do yoga, should you know it was those long lists of shoulds. Can you have any? Do you have any idea what we called that? It was I about have no idea whatsoever, Jane. It Donovan. was about two or th- it was about three months ago, I, I believe. That's All right, we'll find it okay. and we'll pop the link up underneath this one because it does go hand in hand with it. With it, but great email, and, and I like her. I'd like to meet her. And the fact that she's fifty-seven ties in beautifully with the menopause episode we just recorded because it's about when people come into their power and they reach that kind of Thelma and Louise moment or that. Um, Fried green tomatoes moment where she bangs her car back into the you know the kid's shiny convertible and says I'm older I got more insurance and they just <laughs> stop caring you just reach this point where you know oh here actually because my mum's in her seventies as well and I've often heard older ladies make comments about well I'm I'm eighty six dear I just do whatever I bloody like you know I just do what I want and they do they reach a point where they realise it doesn't matter anymore yeah. I might only have five summers left on this earth I'll just do what I want yeah. Beautiful. It's beautiful, Mm. isn't it? Absolutely gorgeous. Well, hopefully, there's lots to think about there because I know I'm going to be looking at a magnifying glass on my life of what what stereotypical milestones or behaviours or emotions am I just falling into because I've never really looked at it. I roll with my life my way. We hope you'll have fun rolling this week. Rolling, rolling. Oh, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking more rock and roll. Rock and (laughs) roll. Maybe I'm a bit daggy today. Um, No, I think today is a really cool – it sounds – you could view it as a light on topic, but like we said earlier, if you really spend one day watchdogging, paying attention to the way that you behave or do certain things or behave, interact with certain people in the daily course of a 24-hour cycle, you will find a lot of that is because of the shoulds, the becauses, and all the, you know, oh, I just got an electricity bill. Society says I have to pay it. Well, you know, some people live off the grid and they don't. I'm also really excited. You know, our private Facebook group is putting up amazing content. I'm actually really excited because this lovely listener that's emailed in this Email mm-hmm. um, has almost has said the challenge. She'd love to hear how Love Life Tribers have made changes that are different to the stereotypical way. Yes, and so I'd love. I'm looking forward to reading some of those uh, comments that will no doubt go up in that page. If you want to join our group, just you need to find Love Life on Facebook to start with. Yeah, or you can message Beck or I or email mm-hmm. us off our, and just let us know. But the easiest way is jump onto Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash Love Life Show, and then in that, I think we've got it pinned to the top is the link that will get you where you put through your. Um, request to become a member of that private group. And this is also your last chance to buy tickets to see Jane and I live for the first and only and final time in 2016. We will be on stage the 24th of September recording episode 200. And as part of that episode, 30 minutes of it will be pulled out and run as the show that you can all listen to wherever you are in the world. But those who get to join us on the day are going to hear the real-life stories that Jane and I have never told on the show, plus some other secret surprises which we're going to have for you live. So I'm saying this now because we are recording ahead of time. So we are about to go and do the show, and this is our last chance to spruik it. So if you want to get tickets, just find the Gold Coast Arts Centre website – 
all the ticketing is being handled through the Gold Coast Arts Centre. They are your people. They will look after you. They will get you there. As well as, don't forget, you can book in. Beck and I are going to stay on for a couple of other da- a couple more days in the Gold Coast. So if you want to book in for a private uh, session with either of us, you can do that by going to our own websites, which is rebeccadetman.com and janedonovan.com.au. Beautiful. All right, until this time next week, we hope you all have fun exploding a few societal stereotypes, myths, structures, and give yourself a lot more permission to just be whatever presents in the now moment. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.